This episode is brought to you by the YouTube channel Comic Pop. If you enjoy this show, subscribe to youtube.com slash comic pop for even more deep dives into your favorite comics. Welcome to the show, everybody. Hi, everybody. I'm Sal. And I'm Tiffany. That's right. Wow. <laughs> but I'm glad I wanted to get you a good chair because, like, you know, you're worth the good you're worth the good furniture. Well, thanks. I <laughs> we're here. Yeah, that's right. It's a comic Barely review show lies. where we take books the past week, recap them, review them. Tell you what we thought about them, and then give you recommendations for comic books that are coming out this week we think you should pick up. Uh, there's quite a few to get through. Uh, I may introduce like a new segment where I just kind of like rapid fire do a couple of reviews. Um, so we'll see. Because there's a couple that don't need that much elaboration. Right, right, right. Uh, but I will say this show is sponsored by you out there. If you're watching live, that is. If you're watching after the fact, thank you for watching. Don't forget to like the video. It helps us out. And subscribe to the channel to get instant updates when we do go live so you don't miss the the, the, the full cast. Because being live is part of the experience. Because you can sponsor today's episode by using Super Chats, asking a question or comment. We'll read it here on the show. And the proceeds go into the infrastructure that allows us to do all of this. Uh, somebody wanted to know if this is an orcus shirt. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and we have it in a store where Listen. you can get it in a link below this video. Listen, I'm just I'm just still recovering from this intro. It's not a bad show. intro. I think it's No, you did great. a great job introing. You did great. Oh, thank you. It was a good segue. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> but let me give you an example of a sponsorship right now. Brian Rowland says, Both Spider-Man, Spider-Shadow, and your interview with Zdarsky were amazing. The parallel with Hobgoblin and Aunt May and the burglar and Uncle Ben were brilliant. Thank you very much, Brian. I appreciate it, man. Um, and yeah, great great issue. We'll talk about it more in depth in a little bit. Yeah, uh, we do want to mention, of course, if you haven't already checked it out, uh, Chip Zdarsky was kind enough to come onto Elseworlds Exchange this past week, and he chatted with me for a little over an hour. Uh, it was a lot of fun, and he uh, he had four books that came out this past week, uh, all wow. in one all in one week. I read one of them. I bought Urban Legends, but I didn't read it. Yet. Oh, okay, that's fair. Yeah, I didn't either. <laughs> no. There was the other. There was one of them. Was the uh, that indie book? You didn't read that either. No. Okay. Oh, there you go. Wait, Silver Coin. Yeah. He didn't have that. He didn't write that then this week. He wrote that issue. No, he wrote the last issue. All right. In theory, well, I thought the idea was that like each issue was going to be a different. It is. Yeah, but he wrote the last one. The, okay. The ticket, which I have. Yeah. Which I have. Which I have. <laughs> nice. <laughs> So uh, let's jump into them. There are a couple of books that are, uh, I don't know if they're worth talking about for more than like a few minutes, but we will talk about them now. I don't know if you read this one, uh, but let's talk about it anyway, uh, just as, as soon as I get it ready to go. That's fine. I think you read two of his books this week. I think you're right. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll see. Anyway, <laughs> we're talking about Darkhawk. I literally can't believe you told me you bought this. I can't believe you bought this. Mm -hmm. I read the first part of it, and then I was like, I'm, I'm... You didn't read the rest? No. It's really important. Well, I, I skimmed it. It was the last book. It was like I had to get through the books I wanted to read this week, and I knew there were a few that you wanted to maybe talk to me about, so this ended up falling to the bottom of the list mm -hmm. for me. Well, there I are... only have so much time, and I ended up reading a random Batman book over the weekend. So. Mm, that's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, Darkhawk has three chapters in it. The first one is written by Danny Fingeroff from the first Darkhawk book of the 90s. That was the one I read. Yeah, that was the not one the one to read. The second one <laughs> was Long Way From Home, which was written by Dan Abnett, who mm. wrote uh, and kind of like redefined Darkhawk during the like, post-annihilation. Yeah. And then Kyle Higgins has Last Flight, which was the kind of like, this is the revival for Darkhawk. Right, 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 right. And sets things up. It's three different eras of Darkhawk revisited by the people who made them relevant from the respective periods mm -hmm. because Darkhawk turned 30. Yeah. Um, I, I would, how many people honestly remember 
Darkhawk as a character. I mean, I do. I'm just, I'm just wondering. I just thought it was interesting. Oh, it's but like, them? Yeah, I'd like to know. But like, you know, they just did like a Deadpool mm-hmm. anniversary, and they're like, let's do Darkhawk, and apparently Darkhawk's coming back based on the last page. That's right. I was like, yeah. Really? I mean, as we should be, because Darkhawk could be a fun character. Great design. I love the look of Darkhawk. You know, do I like the mythology? I like Dan Abnett's reinvention of his mythology, that he comes from like a race of, or his armor, a gem, comes from a race of raptors. That's where the hawk motif comes from. Right. It's not just a cool name. It's also like cemented in the stars. He's a fun, he's an interesting idea of a character. Uh, you know, in the beginning, he was like a Spider-Man type analog who just has like weird origins. Uh, and, you know, in the second chapter of his life, you know, we got more cosmic with him. And in the third, we're just going to reboot him, basically. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of cool. And that's what this issue is. It just shows you three different periods. Three of the most distinct periods of Darkhawk's existence. And the three people who made him relevant. Right. Or at least Kyle Higgins being like, I'll make him relevant. Why not? And and me. And me. So the first one, of course, obviously, it feels very 90s. It's It picks up exactly where the last series left off. To me, this actually felt older than the 90s. I'd say, like, there's something... Trust me, though. You've read Super Pro. You've I know. Read no, Web I know. Spider-Man. But there was just something about it, and I, and I don't know. I, it just... It, it wasn't 90s-tastic. Well, it, it... It didn't have, like, the trappings of what most people think of when you think of a 90s book, but, No, like, this, is, this is... This felt like a 90s Marvel comic yeah, book. Yeah, I can uh, see uh, that. Yeah. But, you know, mm-hmm. this is a little adventure of Darkhawk. Second one, cooler. Darkhawk fights the brood. And yeah, then, uh, I I I, pieced, I peered through some of that. That's pretty fun. Yeah, uh, and then the third one, Darkhawk dies. <laughs> yeah, I mean, seemingly, I, I it's it's funny, like seeing him in the first book in the city. Yeah, like being like you know like I you know I'm a hero. I got like, a girlfriend, but like kind of, and like mm-hmm. I have like you know a family, and I really got to take care of them. But I like you know I'm like kind of a superhero, but kind of not. Whatever, and like he saves people, but it's like I'm trying to imagine him interacting. That's all he did. Because like, if you ever looked at his old book, it's just chock full of characters. I'm sure he did. I'm sure it was like nonstop crossovers yeah. trying to sell the book. Uh huh. But yeah, it, it's it's funny. It's like there's clearly like some lore here. Yeah. But he very much flies under the radar. Oh, he does indeed. <laughs> yeah. So you know, it's fine. I, it's not a. It, you can definitely skip it if you don't have the money you or know, if you don't want to like deal with it. It's okay. You know what they should have done? They should invite Tom King back to do a twelve issue miniseries about, about Darkhawk. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, yeah, based on his strange adventures, I'd be like, yeah, maybe because like he can handle like spacefaring characters mm-hmm. really well and make them grounded. And he has a family. And he has a family. They and, can be. And dead. he has like an interesting past with his father. Yeah, seemingly. And he looks cool. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, there is something honestly 90s ish about his look for mm-hmm. sure, but like, again, not in that traditional pouch, nope, overly accessorized look. There's just something about it that clearly makes me think of yeah, that. Yeah, he's sharp. He is sharp. He's very sharp. Maybe That's it's also it his color palette. I'm not sure. I mean, it's just blue and pink. It, it's blue and purple. It looks like it's like. I'm just thinking of the time I know Darkhawk from. Oh, okay. It's blue and purple. His. his Gem is purple, his wings are purple, right. his visor's purple. Yeah. Yeah. But. I don't know. We read it. We and read apparently it. there'll be more. Hopefully. I mean, I, I'm glad of it, but this did not do much to, like, engender me to no. Darkhawk. No, and, like, I get why they went in the order they did. I feel like they shouldn't have done that. Yeah, probably not. In the book. Because it's like, you know, for me, I was like, I don't, I honestly didn't have time to finish those other two. And right. so, like, I read that one. I was like, ha, 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 this is kind of a joke. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the first Which one. Was, 
clearly not. Feels like it. That's what I'm saying. But like, so like that was clearly not what I should have walked away with. I think they wanted you to go like, oh, you know, like after the first chapter, you're like, oh, okay. And then the second one, you're like, whoa, what's all this about? And then the third one, you're like, okay, I guess I'm sold on Darkhawk. Mm -hmm. I guess they weren't counting on people stopping. But, you know. Whatever. But that will happen from time to time. Uh, Sean D, howdy ma'am, and sir, I don't know the words, but sometimes I guess there's no good place to put a bomb. I don't know what that means. Thank you. Um. Hopefully there isn't one. Uh, I'm sure there is not. I'm sure it's a reference to something. You We're not your, cool. You should get your books ready to go. Uh, Raj Patel says, Rorschach is an issue that I'm still pouring over since it hit my comic shop. Batman and uh, the detective was so good that I inquired Andy Kubert's art dealer uh, if any pages were on sale yet. Great week for comics. Stay safe. You too. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah, man. Kubert's, uh, you know, Kubert's still Kubert. They're both, uh, both Andy and Adam are both still great. Uh, learned from the best. Uh, Joe was awesome. Uh, and 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 the art in that book is good. We'll we'll talk more about it in a little bit. But uh, nice, yeah. Uh, thank you for your support. Uh, Adam Fraser Fraser says uh, taking a break from my finals to watch the stream. Thank you very much, man. Hopefully you're not like literally interrupting <laughs> your finals that you're actually still taking them. Uh, keep doing what you're doing. You guys are dope as hell. Well, you are too, Adam. Thank you very much. Oh, thank you. And definitely not David. I have a feeling it's David. He says, this is my third time watching live, and I'm starting to really look forward to these every week. I'm oh, curious. Thank you. Well, thank you very much, man. Uh, how did the channel get started, and how did you all meet? Also, you guys look great. Well, thank you. Uh, not David, hopefully. Well, appreciate that. I'm pretty sure it is. Uh, Sean's making a... Uh, I, th- I thought it run. might be that. I did too, but, but I was my, like, I've, but it wasn't quite the quote, and I, I was like, what? I'm not going to lie, my brain desperately was trying to make it into song lyrics, mm-hmm. and I don't know why. Hmm. I don't know why. I was yeah. like, what song is this? That sounds like a song. I don't know anything about music, no. so it must be that. Right. Uh, <laughs> right. I'm tired. So yeah, uh, Tiff and I met through the internet. Um, the channel got started because I wanted to do what Phil DeFranco did back during the PDS days. Mm-hmm. He still does it, but it's you know it's nothing like what it was. Uh, and then uh, because I uh, wanted you guys in on it, it went from PDS to SourceFed and then to this mm-hmm. that's the short version uh, if you would like to know more you should check out our like 9 to 12 hour long live streams when we used to do those uh, back when we used to hit bigger milestones uh, more quickly uh, there there are lots of questions in there and there are lots longer answers and you can also watch us eat chicken wings while it happens it's a lot of fun it's not no it's not the but chicken it, wing part is definitely not fun. I think it's fun <laughs> the last one is in particular pretty great because there's wing cam yeah nobody wanted wing cam nobody. I think everybody was very very appreciative that there was wing cam no what do you got um, I read a couple of X titles this week. Nice. Uh, I read Wolverine. Hey, I did not. And I was wondering how it's going. So I'm glad you're here. So let's be honest. Like I read the last Wolverine and I really haven't been reading Wolverine, but um, it's written by Benjamin Percy with art by Scott Eaton. Mm-hmm. Um, so something that was established earlier in the book is, um, you know, Dracula and vampires and Wolverine dealing with vampires. Sure. And running into um, this chick named Louise, who's part of the Night Guard, who is like, they're vampire hunters. It's like Marvel's own little Buffy there. Mm-hmm. Um, what <laughs> what this one, what issue 11 is about is the fact that Dracula is kind of like jealous of mutant kind. And it's like, wait a minute. 
I mean, that's fair. So, like, like they, he's Dracula, they, and Dracula's stupid. Well, yeah, but he's like, they get an island, and now all of a sudden the world respects them as a nation, and they have all these rights. So I need a vampire island? I, I feel like I, island. he's like, so I need to really, like, up my, my, my game here, and I need to start paying attention to the type of people who are making vampires, get a lot more folk, and get Wolverine's blood so that we can walk in the sunlight. Oh, I think you'd want Blade's blood for that. Well, he's like, Wolverine's blood will work just as well, and then I could put it in a Wolverine's is, book. Is Dracula a chemist? Does he know this? No, he knows. He's got guys. Earlier, they got, like, he. I, I guess he bit him, or I, whatever. Regardless, Usually. he has, like, some, like, knowledge of the fact that it worked temporarily, and they were trying to figure out a way to make it extend forever. Got it, okay. And so, like, he does have, like, scientists working on it, and, like, they're, they're you know, experimenting on, like, you know, vagabonds. Vampire scientists? I, I think he's just a regular scientist. Oh, okay. Um... Which would make more sense. It's probably easier for him to come and go and, and, and do a scene. Well, I mean, you'd, you'd, he's a captive audience. You'd leave him in his uh, chamber. Oh, the scientist? Yeah. Scientist has like a, had like an intern mm. who ends up being bitten by Dracula because Dracula is like, oh, you're just the kind of person we need. You're young. You're smart. You should definitely be a vampire. This is what's going to get us to Krakow instead. Right. It's more biting. <laughs> more biting of, of, of a more targeted variety and wolverine's blood sure and yeah. omega red is like working with dracula okay he's like a hired goon for dracula kind of or like he's enthralled regardless like oh, cool the, okay that's fun like most of x-force is very aware of this and so they're utilizing him to find dracula and so okay. wolverine's on the hunt so he ends up going back to paris to get this woman louise who we met like in issue one mm -hmm. and when he gets there she's like yeah so like we had like our like you know quarterly meeting of like the night guard and it turns out it was like a total trap and like our leader gave us up to the vampires and like most of us didn't even like end up like you know living through it ah and it turns out she's a vampire well, okay. she was bitten and she's like i haven't turned yet and wolverine's like i'm gonna kill you <laughs> but i get it i'm gonna kill you I'm gonna, i am gonna kill you she's like i'm fighting it off for now but like inevitably i won't be able to Right. And so, like, she's going to go help him. And, okay. And it, it, it's just... it's and just, that, And that's the book. It's mutants and, and vampires. vampires. Which, I mean, mutants and vampires have a bit of a history there in the past. There is a history, yeah. And um, this is just kind of continuing it, but with, with Wolverine hunting, like, vampires. Okay. I feel like what they should have done is... I mean, obviously Wolverine could behead them or whatever, but I yeah. feel like they should have like treated Wolverine's claws with, with like holy water, or holy something. water, or garlic, or like just you know covered them with wood. Yeah, <laughs> just six steaks, right, coming out yeah. of his body there. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, it's, it's just funny because it's like you know, apparently some of this is going on also in X Force, or at least they reference X Force at one point. But I love the idea that, like, Wolverine is doing all the stuff he's doing on Krakoa, but he's also like, but I gotta do something about these vampires. I'm dealing with these vampires. I, I, gotta, I gotta do it. I gotta hunt down these vampires. Because it's like, I'm the, I'm, best, not doing enough. I'm the best at what I do, and I don't get as many humans to kill anymore, and we're not fighting mutants anymore, so I'm taking on vampires. Right. Because who cares? Well, he's not gonna have anything to do for another thousand years or whatever, according <laughs> to Hickman, so that's fair. So he's like, I, I gotta go do this. Okay. Plus Omega Red. Plus Omega Red. That's fun. Plus, plus that relationship, so so why not? And then Dracula's there, and he's, you know. Bleh. I just love the idea that Dracula's just kind of like, Charles and Xavier and I, we're, we're of a kind. Like, we just no. want to take care of our people. No, Dracula. No, it's no. what it is. I deserve this. <sighs> take over the world. Vampires Thanks. as far as the eye can see. Daniel Prieto says, <laughs> been, been a minute since I caught the show live. Keep up the good work. And also, Shang-Chi trailer looks hype. Yeah, no, for real. Yeah, do you want to talk about the Shang-Chi trailer really quick? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, it looks fun. 
I'm really, really jazzed. I was really, I haven't been following much of the the phases and I, it's not because I'm not interested. It's more because of like with COVID, I haven't let, been letting myself really get hyped because everything's been so uncertain about when things are released. There's no point. So I'm really just like, I, 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 I don't know. Like I love the anticipation, but at the same time, I'm like, if it's going to be like years out, I'm like, I'm just going to wait. Yeah. And then I'm going to get hyped. But, exactly. Um, I, you know, I've mentioned this on Twitter before, but I, I recently, like in the past year of like COVID started like slowly watching Kim's Convenience. Yes. A like, you know, sitcom, a, sitcom, a, a, a heartwarming sitcom. Mm -hmm. Um, and I am like only like, I'm within two the, seasons. I'm, I know I started the third season okay, within it only to find out that it abruptly ends at the end of the fifth season, but I'm still going to watch it. I can't wait to see mm -hmm. it. Um, but only to find out that Shang-Chi himself is in that. Yes. And he's like one of the main characters and I love him. Yeah. Like, he's great. He's great. Yeah. He's 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 so he's so great in that show and like he's a very obviously different, you know, character so, in that show. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I feel like he gets a chance to, you know, show some range in the show, at least in terms of comedy and again that like heartwarming like, you know, connection there. Um, but I'm looking forward to him bringing that to Shang-Chi and then also seeing some of the action. Cause like there's like an ongoing thing in that show where he always takes a shirt off and yes. ends up taking a shirt off. And he is, he is, he's buff. He's buff in that show. Right. So he's not even playing a superhero in that but show. In the trailer, I think he's even more buff. I, that's what I'm thinking. He's got so the Marvel trainers he's now. He's got the Marvel trainers for yeah. sure. So yeah. Uh, and, and the Mandarin's in it. I think the Mandarin is his dad or something. I don't sure. know. I, like, I was just like, I thought the teaser was really well cut. They did that thing with the music where like, Punches are our time music, yeah, yeah, to sound and stuff like that. Yep, I kind of I like Aquafina. You do. I'm I'm interested to see what they do with it though, because they, they could take that character as like seemingly like the ride along slash you know comic relief, and they, they it's always a possibility that, that could be pushed too far, and yes. I hope it's not. Mm -hmm. But like we definitely saw a little bit of the possible interaction there. But yeah. regardless, I'm I'm very excited. Yeah, it looks fun, uh, it, it, and I'm excited that they're gonna be like. They found a way to make the Mandarin work and maintain his Asian roots without it being really inappropriate. Mm. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like People are kind of disappointed that Mandarin is going to finally make his true debut and he's not going to fight Iron Man. And it's like, yeah, is, Iron, is, is Mandarin Iron Man's main villain? Yes. Does it make sense for Mandarin to become Shang-Chi's villain? Sure. Like, the, the fact is... It doesn't matter. And as far as I'm aware, Shang-Chi doesn't have like a main arch villain mm. or a, a one that has the kind of tier status that the Mandarin could be, especially since he's a complicated character to get right, particularly in a movie that is like white people centric. Yeah. So it's like, oh, cool. Also, I like how uh, this movie is predominantly Asian cast, mm -hmm. as, as you'd imagine, mm -hmm. uh, but it in no way feels any less like a Marvel movie. Normalizes the kind of experience where it's like, you can have diversity of cast and diversity of story and character, mm -hmm. and yet make it still, and you know, I can imagine detractors being like, yes, and it's all homogenized, it feels like it's all the same cookie cutter Marvel bullshit. And it's like, no, yeah, but there's something to be said for the kind of like normalization of that type of movie with this type of cast. Yeah. I think that's kind of cool. No, for sure. And I also really dig the overall like look and vibe of it. Like yeah. clearly we've got like some real world stuff. You know, we see him like at the day job, yep. you know what I mean? But then like, there's also like this like sort of like you know, sci-fi tech element to mm -hmm. it, at least like, you know, like, you know, some brighter colors yes. and, and, and such. But then there's also seemingly this like 
fantasy mystical element yeah. of it and like i'm, I'm so, <laughs> there were a couple moments in this trailer i'm like can i just watch it now yeah can i just watch it now when they're in like the bamboo forest oh yeah when like we're clearly in some sort of past and or other like plane or whatever Kung maybe possibly there's like some sort of either like some mystical beast running alongside some warriors i'm like yeah Right. Yeah, no. This is I would like this now. Yeah. Please just take my money. And I'm excited and to see it because see it. this is also one of the first street level superheroes in the Marvel cinematic universe that we're gonna see. No don't get me started, Daredevil fans, trust me, hashtag save Daredevil. I love Daredevil too. Mm-hmm. I want Charlie Cox to be Daredevil. I want you know, mm-hmm. everyone from that cast to return. But this is the first like Marvel movie that is like a straight up street level character. Yeah. And that's kinda cool. Um, yeah, no. It's it, cool to see where they're doing with that, even if they're going to keep the mystical stuff and everything. Yeah. But, you know, I'm excited. I'm really excited. And, like, that could be, it's just a, a testament to the fact that, you know, Marvel, this next phase in Marvel is exciting because it will be different yeah, in that anything sense. anything goes. And it could also be a testament to, like, that's just a really well-made teaser as well. Yeah, it is. Like, it's just well done. It would, the only, if I had any ding, it is, I really like him in the Shang-Chi shirt like the Shang-Chi shirt that I know him to be in. Sure. But he's going to get a superhero costume too. Right. And it's like, he doesn't need or it. They, or they won't even give him a shirt because they're like... Because he doesn't need one. <laughs> I, 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 it, it's supposed to be open. So you still see the abs, but That's you still fine. get the color. As long as I get that. But I, I, I'm like, for as far as I'm concerned, like some characters don't need to have the textured yeah. superhero costume. Shang-Chi, a dude who has the deadliest hands in the world. That's his whole thing. He doesn't need a superhero costume. No, for sure. He just needs I, to look I, like Bruce Lee. Like he just looks like a badass. I get it, but I also do want him to have that feel of being a superhero. True. And yeah, so, like, maybe there's I, something important about that. I don't mind that. No, I, I think fair. that's okay for him to get a suit. Yeah. Mike Murray uh, says, uh, "Been back, vi- been back, vid binging. Uh, you guys sold me on lots. I passed on reading issue to issue, Daredevil uh, or Doomsday Clock, S- Superman, Li- Spider-Man Life Story, and now Tiffany's Doctor Strange reviews. Yay! Nice. Thanks a lot. Yeah, those are great." Yeah, we like we like to to hopefully help you expand your libraries. That's right. And not spend too much. Yeah, but maybe a little. Uh, Rab L. <laughs> uh, funny enough, Kim's Convenience is a show that's always been on my radar, but I haven't made the leap to watch it's it. It's fun. There is a lot of humor to it, but there's also like an ongoing like story about family, and like it's really heartwarming. And like I'm, you know, obviously it's a show that's like surrounds like a Korean family in Toronto. Yes. But there's like it's. Family's family. Yeah. So regardless of like cultural differences or background differences or whatever, there are things you can absolutely connect with. I'm just like, yep. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm there. <laughs> and uh, Yahin uh, Alam says, seeing the, seeing the Shang-Chi trailer made me realize how cheap Iron Fist and most of the pre-Disney Plus Marvel shows were being glad Loeb is gone. Yeah. I mean, like, Loeb was definitely not given the kind of range and freedom and budget that the MCU and Feige did. Uh and you know, for Iron Fist was not a very good show. No, unfortunately. I feel bad because Colleen Wing was fun. She said I, the only thing that survived def- or should survive from the show. I definitely liked her for sure. But like, yeah, Iron Fist wasn't the strongest, and unfortunately, it was the last of yeah. the ones. So I feel like it's the one that a lot of people tend to remember. It's like everybody certainly remembers Daredevil. Yeah. And then I think I, sometimes I feel like the other three kind of get lost in mm-hmm. the in the jumble in between. Well, and there was Defenders, and it was so contingent on Iron Fist lore that it's like, oh, just rem- yeah. Iron Fist sucks. And then they had Defenders, which was just like, oh, you're reminding me more of Iron Fist, like, right? And it, it's funny too because it's like for me when you think about the Marvel Netflix shows, 
you know, obviously with the defenders, they all like really tied together, and then there's Punisher. And then Punisher. But it's funny because Punisher is so intrinsically tied to Daredevil. Yes. Um. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Punisher was also great, but yeah. like. I'm hopeful that there's an opportunity for redemption for Iron Fist in this, where it's like, you know what? Mm-hmm. Let's just quickly and very quietly shoehorn in. We got. I mean, if we're going to Kunlun, I'd rather have them focus on Shang Chi for I mean, right me now, too. and then like maybe in a sequel they could do that. But like, I'd I'd rather just have them like not necessarily distance themselves from that show, but like establish themselves within the MCU, yes. like establish this world and this you know power set, and then build. Yeah. Uh, so there's this book called Nonstop Spider-Man. It is written by Joe Kelly with art by Chris Bocciolo. Uh, this is a series that like just started about a month ago. Uh, I've heard very little hype about it. It's, it's its own series. It is not steeped in continuity. You don't need to read anything to get it or to jump on board. If you don't like Chris Bocciolo, you are not going to like the the art on this book. <laughs> uh, and if you do like Chris Bocciolo, you might like the art in this book. Uh, Ironically, the book uh, Nonstop Spider-Man has reached a stopping point for me. I'm probably not going to be reading any more of this series. Uh, I just can't really find my footing uh, on this quite yet. I like it well enough. It's doing a, it's hitting a lot of buttons, and it's doing the right thing in terms of it being nonstop. It is, it's supposed to be like just, just this action movie, and every issue is just another few minutes of that action movie, and that's working out great. Um, the David Finch covers are also a lot of fun. To kind of like punctuate it, where it's like you're getting just different things. You're getting Joe Kelly Spider-Man. You're getting Chris Bocciolo doing all kinds of crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. Some of the best stuff he's done on this series so far is in this issue. Yeah. Uh, and and then you get the fun David Finch covers. Sure. Uh, but otherwise, at the end of the day, it's just kind of like, eh, it's Spider-Man solving a mystery. I don't know how many issues this is going to be, but I don't know. It's very disposable. It's very dispensable. You don't need to read this. It's only if you are like, just need you're in desperate need of a spider-man book but also uh you know want to buy something like as opposed to just being like well i just guess i'll just read my old back issues <laughs> i don't know it's it's fine uh, i wish it were i wish it were more engaging and I'm, i gotta tell you i think it might actually be the art really yeah i'm just not doesn't not wild on it uh i appreciate bachelo's work and i think there are a couple of great moments in it but otherwise uh, particularly as humans, it's just, it's just not working for me. Mm, that's fair. Like I said, like, I like Bocciolo, but like, I liked him paired up on a very specific book because yes. it worked perfectly. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I remember saying, there's fun, there's a cute little thing they do in it, which is, I, I assume it's pure Bocciolo. Spider-Man Spider-Sense is not depicted through like, you know, electric bolts coming out of his head. It's what he needs to do. Hmm. And some people are are interpreting this to be like an extrasensory perception, like the spider sense is telling him what he needs to do. No, he's probably, they're just doing something different. It's just something different. I promise you, ladies and gentlemen, if you are worried about this, it's just, it's his brain interpreting the spider sense to what he needs to do. Mm-hmm. So don't, don't be too upset. Yeah, I could see, I could definitely see that, like why you're not necessarily feeling the art on this. The panel layout's also very different. Very different, but I but I appreciate it. It's supposed to feel like urgent and you know action packed and moving. Yeah, it's almost like it's it it is much to that, but there's also moments where it feels almost like a storyboard. Yeah, so. but but the art, like I said, all the action sequences are great. Yeah, like they're really working for me. Yeah, his, his truck. There's like a monster truck in this book. It's great, and it looks great. It looks great from panel to panel. 
Uh, also, we you know we weren't sure who was who, who Spider Man was going to be fighting in this. Mm-hmm. It's a mystery villain that you wouldn't expect in a Spider Man comic, so that's kind of cool too. I won't I won't spoil it. For no, you. for sure it is. Um, no, I, but I could I could see how this could maybe have benefited from a different artist selection. Yeah, but I, at the same time, I don't know who that would be. You know, mm-hmm. I, I don't know who I would have picked or tapped for a nonstop Spider Man book. Uh, but it is pretty nonstop. It does live up to its to its hype. Yeah. Uh, so I do like that. Uh, Jimmy Jonathan Lee says, hope you're doing well. Uh, speaking on the Mandarin, I believe the reason some fans are upset by the twist in Iron Man 3 is in the 2000s, Fraction managed to do a modern update to the villain. I mean, I I feel like, by and large, the audience that saw Iron Man 3 did not know about Fraction's re- re- like redemption for Mandarin in terms of the character. No. I think it was more they were mad that it was a joke as opposed to it being like a a cool, scary villain played by one of the greatest living actors of today. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, I mean, you know, over time, now that there is a real Mandarin, I'm sure Trevor Slattery is going to be killed sometime between the beginning of this movie and the, before this movie. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, justice for those folk, I guess. But yeah, I, I'm i sure if you were a comic book fan and you were reading Fractions Run, you're like, oh, damn it. But they have a perfect expl- explanation. But the, the, the manner they teased in Iron Man 3 wasn't even close to what they were doing. Uh, Algie Try, I gotta give a hell yeah to Dan- Danielle, an important backbone to the shows. She's doing a great job in the moderation. We're yeah. very lucky to have her. Thank you, Danielle, for being here, and thank you, Algie Try, for your support, man. Um, what do you got? Uh, I read Children of the Atom. Children of the Atom! That was one of the second highest selling books digitally of the de- of the week. Yeah, this is written by uh, Vita Ayala with art by Bernard Chang for now. Oh. I believe this is the last issue with Chang on it. Oh, no. Because he's moving on to do something else, I think, with DC. And so oh. another artist is coming in. Okay, okay. I believe. Um, are you here? <laughs> are you here? Well, like, here's the question. <laughs> How is it? Um, no, the art's great. The art's good. It's it's interesting. Storm shows up, and she's wearing her classic... Oh, wow! ...costume. Yeah, that's her 90s like, costume. Yeah. So regardless of that, and, like, the fact that it's like, you know, the art looks just you know, as, as nice as it did last time mm-hmm. with the same thing that I had a problem with last time. Um, this book, while being an interesting take on these younger mutants, and again, very much like uh, trying to appeal to a younger audience of, of, of comic book reader, I think, um, struggles with, with me for or with one thing. And it's the fact that, and it's no one's fault, yeah. honestly. This isn't I don't. I don't think this isn't Marvel's fault. This isn't, you know, the the writer's fault. This isn't the artist's fault. This book was supposed to come out at a different point. Oh, yeah. during the X Men. Yeah. Or during this. During the, the the Marvel chronology. During this like time with Krakoa, and because of COVID, mm-hmm. obviously it got pushed back. Yes. It got pushed back almost a full year. Yeah. And so like things are happening now, and you're like, what the hell? Right. I, I, I saw or like, or the fact that it's like you know. You know, Captain America and some of the Avengers show up, but it's like, I, ju- I know that they just got done dealing with the King and Black yeah. issue. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it, it's just funny because it's like nothing nothing in these pages is reacting to any of the other things that are going on. But again, that's no one's fault. No, like, it's just this, a- it just happened. And unfortunately, like, that's just the nature of this. And so I'm trying to divorce myself from that as I'm reading this. And But it's also like, it's important that these characters show up and there's like big moments that people are like, oh, I can't believe that happened. And it's like, yeah, but it's separated from the other thing, and yeah, so it really like, doesn't matter. So there is that, but like at the heart of this, for sure, there's the mystery of like why these kids couldn't go through the gate in the first issue, right. 
And honestly, you're just you're learning a lot about these kids in general and like, you know, who they are as people and like what their like, you know, like beliefs are and how they feel about not only like being like a mutant, a mutant seemingly, um, but like, you know, going to high school and like having family life and having friends and like just juggling all of that. And so like you're getting that like slice of life as well. Right, these kids are like going to a Dazzler concert and they end up not being able to go because they got to go kick the asses of the Hell's Bells who like recently escaped. Mm-hmm. And don't forget, they're mutants who lost their powers, and so they're mad because they're like, we're not right. Yeah. So inevitably, like that, all this happens, and then Storm shows up because the cops are coming. Right. And they're gonna arrest everybody, especially these kids, because they're breaking. Um, was it Kamala's? Oh, Kamala's law. Yeah. Um. Wow. Good pull. <laughs> That's what a lot of this is about. That's what the Avengers are like. That's what Cap and, and Captain Marvel and Iron Man come to talk to Storm and Mystique about. They're like, they're breaking this law. Mm-hmm. And while, you know, we don't necessarily, like, you know, want to, like, enforce this, like, yeah. we kind of have to. It's pretty stupid to have Captain America lecture anybody about breaking laws, but, like, especially laws that are legislation about superheroes with powers. I but know. sure. But, um... But let's make Captain America the bad guy in this. Well, yes and no. I mean, Storm's really just, like like down on all of them because yeah. like she's like so wait it's cool for the champions to do this but right. not the mutant kids right ask cyclops what he thinks about a storm they put themselves in the situation where essentially storm's like you know are you threatening us right mystique's also like that and it's no, like guys storm, come on we're not always threatening you i mean you know <laughs> to be fair they, they rolled up in their costumes yeah. and like we're like hey hey what are you doing? Yeah. We're not here as a social call. Yeah. They, they could have done... Everything could have handled it a different way. Sure. Um, Storm then shows up during this fight and offers to take the Hell's Bells with her because she's like, just come to Krakoa. You'll, <laughs> you'll be granted amnesty and we can fix you. Yes. We'll kill you. We'll kill you, yeah. You have to go like into the um, Crucible, but... Right. Yeah, pass. But you'll come back. It's cool. No, I'm good. Just it. because I can't go through a doorway? And then she's like, listen... No, no. The Hell's Bells are... I know. They, I, I was assuming that they could. But maybe they chose not to because they didn't want they didn't want to go to Krakoa and like see everybody with their powers like flaunting them. Mm-hmm. They felt like they're like, no, we'll figure out how to fix ourselves and then we can go. Right. Okay. And it's like just you know, just no, try, just go talk. There's a them. secret that no one knows. Just mm-hmm. get on the island. Trust me. Um, yeah. But with the kids, she's like, listen, Cerebro can't read your mind. So like, if you die, there is I'm no. Not, you, yeah. I'm not going to tell you because I'm not letting everyone know this. Obviously, unless you go to Krakoa, she's like, just come with us. They're like, eh, and they don't go. Because they don't want to admit that they tried to go through the gate and they can't. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so they eventually, they, they bamf away with their, you know, day crawler who wants to be called nighty night crawler. Um, but never gonna stick. at the end of the book, we're put in the same position they were last time where they're, they're like, okay, let's try this again. And they're mm. going to try to go through the gate on their own terms. Cool. Good for them. All right. Again, like this is a, this is an interesting idea, idea, but because of where it's hitting, it just feels less so. I think this isn't part of, like, the next stuff either, necessarily. Like, this book isn't, like, it's just going to keep coming out. Yeah. But I don't know if it's going to reflect what's happening in the other X titles, like Way of the X and such. I, probably not. So it's up to you whether or not you want to pick this up. Like I said, there is something there. There's something, like, slice of life There's something, you know, it's dealing with a younger generation. Yeah. Um, and they're, Which is kind of like all the X-Men are about. Right. And, like, honestly, there is something about it also in terms of the fact that, like, when you think about where the X-Men came from in the first place, it's a reaction to things that were going on in mm-hmm. the world um, during the, I guess, the 60s. Yeah. Um, that's kind of what this is as well. Like, these kids are existing in this world and they're reacting to things that are going on around them. Yeah. Not only in terms of, like, Krakoa and, like, 
the Marvel stuff, but also some real life issues as well. Gotcha. So there's something about it that's very authentic to the original X-Men in that like thought process. Gotcha. It just doesn't feel like it's in the right time. like time right now. It's like a book out of time. Yeah. So that's, that's okay. Yeah. Still worth picking up though. Mm. Uh, Will I am Golden? Sup guys? Hope you're staying safe. Just like to say that Disney missed a chance to have Carrie Hiroyuki, Hiroyuki Tagawa play the Mandarin. I agree. He's Shang Tsung from the Mortal Kombat movie. He's hilarious. I love that actor. I think he'd be an amazing Mandarin. He's like he he could have been the Mandarin at any point in history no, from 1996 I, I, to now. I feel you, but you also don't want to be You don't want to go you, like Fu Manchu with it. You well, know, like he could have like you, really you, like overdone it. You don't also want to like do a typecasting. Yes, exactly. Where it's like the person's looking at this like someone's looking at this character but they're thinking of someone else. Yes. Like you don't necessarily want that when you're trying to establish like a new villain. Right. And when you think about with Robert Downey Jr. and Iron Man, like he was known but not that well known mm-hmm. when he took this on. Right. I mean, he was, you know, but he he was on a, yeah, he was under, he was underground. But you weren't like, when you looked at him, you weren't like, that's. That's just Robert Downey Jr. Or that's like this other character. Right. That's just just Chaplin. Yeah, no, it's just, that's Tony Stark. (laughs) Yeah. So now when he's in anything else, now you're watching that and you're like, hey, look, it's Tony Stark. Yeah, you're watching Kicking Aces or whatever. (laughs) Smoking Aces. (laughs) (laughs) I called it Kicking Aces. That's right. Uh, yeah, so, um, moving on, I think, uh, we could talk about Daredevil number 29 from Zdarsky and Chichetto. This book is great. Keep reading it. Daredevil is attacked in a prison yard. Uh, Electra Daredevil is training a ward. Oh. That she picked up during a King and Black tie-in. Okay. Yep, Zdarsky's not messing around. Like, I, you made me do a tie-in. I introduced a character in that tie-in and I'm keeping it. This is mine now. You can't have this, yep. Donny Cates. No. Uh, don't worry. She's not like a symbiote or anything. No, but like, agree. yeah. It's uh, just a symbiote. She just has one. She's right? like, I feed it. It's cool. Yeah. Uh, Daredevil has a great visceral fight. Uh, Electra has a great fight. I really like the look that Chichetto has for Electra. I don't Her know why. Her hair is fun. Her hair is really fun. And they just really nail down, like, what they want Electra of this era to look like. Mm-hmm. And it feels very authentic. It's smart too when you do a like a hairstyle like that it really shows movement and yes. so when like she does punch or what have you there's like energy to it especially be given her uh, her her new role as Daredevil mm-hmm. which by the way if you watched my interview with Chip Zdarsky he gives insight to that development how like they didn't originally have her playing Daredevil like oh. originally Matt was still going to go to jail but Electra was just going to like take over and then they're like oh let's make her Daredevil and they kept that a secret. Right. And in fact there was like a fun little like, anecdote where um Marvel of course the the marketing guys were like new Daredevil we've got a great idea. Mm-hmm. And it's the idea they have for everything where they're like we're going to release a graphic that says who is the new Daredevil and it'll have like a bunch of and we'll every day we'll release a new like silhouette and then you'll have to guess which silhouette it is and Zdarsky was like fuck no and i loved that because it's like it demonstrates such a fundamental understanding of your audience and your marketing because Mm -hmm. here's what he said he's like here's the problem everyone will just pick their favorite character to become the new daredevil and then when it isn't that character they will resent and hate my daredevil yeah the one that the The one that was ultimately part of the story yep and what do you do marketing wise if like one character is more overwhelmingly popular as a choice than the one you originally picked. Right. And it's like, yeah, 
That's why that's a horrible idea across the board. It is. I I totally agree. Unless it's like you don't really care and and yeah, and and you're just like by committee. Go ahead, DC versus Marvel. Lobo could totally be beaten by Wolverine with bone claws. Yeah. Like I can't tell if you're actually like also throwing some shade at DC for their current storybook or story. Oh, that idea was just or or the like the who's going to be on the X Men. Right. Because you could throw shade either way on that one. Either way, and they all deserve it, because it's a terrible <laughs> idea regardless. But, uh, yeah. Anyway, Daredevil 29, it's great. Uh, it's just a fundamentally terrific series, and one that everyone should be reading if you like street-level characters at all. And if you've ever been thinking about Daredevil, you should pick it up. It'll get you It'll get you into it. Uh, and what's funny is, you know, like, if you go back, like, I'd say, like, go back and read Miller or Anacentes, like, Daredevils. Uh, they... These are those are like the tonally the the most similar to what we're doing here, mm-hmm. but it's so different. Like it's so modern, and that's the thing about this new Daredevil is it is the new Miller period for Daredevil. Right, but it's not going to feel anything like that because that was a very distinct and specific time in the eighties. Mm-hmm. So like comics were different. Miller was different. Daredevil was different. The art was different. The execution is different. People's expectations. of story was different. This is a different time and it's going to be a very modern feeling, but still recognizably seminal period in Daredevil's history. And like, it's one of those things where I'm like, Oh my God, I'm, I'm at, I'm on the ground floor. Like, li- like legitimately in 20 years, people are going to be like, Zdarsky's run. Yeah. Like people are going to be like arguing whether, this is as good as or Miller's run is as good as this because of the modern sensibilities and Mm -hmm. like how it appeals to them more. Yeah. yeah. And we're here now, like in history being like, look at this period in daredevil. And it's like, thankfully it doesn't sell terrific. So Marvel isn't ruining it and it's not selling poorly enough for them to cancel it. So it's just like, just keep that line. You can get to 45,000 units a month. You'll, he'll never stop doing Daredevil. Right. Well, he should he should only do it as long as he has a story to tell. Exactly, exactly, exactly. So, uh, yeah, moving on. Uh, what else you got? Um, What else do I have? That's a fine question. That isn't something that we both read. I read, um, ah, I read Wonder Woman. Cool. What? You know what? No, I'm just like, <laughs> I, I, haven't, I haven't heard about Wonder Woman since the last time you liked it. Well, that's fine, because this is the issue, too. Oh, great. Wow. It feels like it's forever ago. No, 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 no. Good. Um, this just makes me wish that they would write, and I probably actually don't even want this, and I don't know how it <laughs> work, but I desperately now just want a Wonder Woman Kratos crossover. Mm. Because honestly, other than like the names are similar, there isn't obviously similar because they're talking about like a, a like you know a, a mythology and belief system that. Uh, you're gonna have you you take this name and put it over here and whatever yeah um but the characters are very different in, in which in the way they're portrayed but i still desperately want this yeah. now more than ever apparently yeah it's like yep that's what i want uh who, who made this book? oh this was um written by becky clunan mm-hmm. and um jordi bellier which i no it's not i think it's just becky clunan and michael conrad oh cool um with art by Travis Moore. Oh. Yeah. This this is this page is not quite correct. Wow. Um but and and are in colors by Tamara Bonvillain. Yes, who's great. I like her a lot. I know you do. Um don't forget Wonder Woman right now doesn't really have much memories of her previous life okay. as she is in Valhalla. Mm-hmm. Um you know doing the fighting and and dying and coming back again and in the last issue Siegfried her like companion 
as she had come to Valhalla and, and gained this friend and possible lover, um, oh. had died. And then the Valkyries did not come to bring Collect him back. Him, yeah. And so he's like lost as a ghost now. Okay. Um, she ran into Ratatskitzer, except it's Ratask. Yeah. Ratatskitz, whatever. Without the R, I can't say it, but there's supposed to be an R on it. The squirrel, it's like the messenger of the world tree. Um, yeah. who's like, you know, cool, come help me save the world tree, and then I'll totally help you get your friend back, and it's going to be great. Sure. Don't forget, every time Wonder Woman, like, dies or is unconscious, she runs into some being who's, like, keeps trying to warn her to leave. It's like, you're wasting time here because Olympus is crossed out words that oh. you can't read. Like, what's going on with Olympus? I don't know. Right. I don't know. But it's not good. I'm, I'm sure of that. Um, so... They go to visit the dwarves who made the weapons that Siegfried gave to her. And mm-hmm. she's like, what's up with that? And when she gets there, Dr. Psycho's there. <gasps> what? <laughs> oh, no. But, like, not really. He's just astral projecting. And he's like, why are you here? <laughs> I'm just relaxing. Get out. <laughs> okay. Go away. Mm-hmm. Essentially, he was making, like, weapons the, so that he could control others' minds. So he's, like, controlling the minds of the dwarves who work in the forge as mm-hmm. well. Um, but he doesn't go by his name anymore. He likes to go by Dr. Sisko. Uh, okay. Um, she wants to get more information. She really has nothing to, in which to do that with. So she grabs a rope and they make allusions to the fact that it's like any lasso could be a lasso of truth if you know how to use it. Okay. That's fine. Not that it's magical, it's but she's like, yeah, I'll just use it to like choke you out until you tell me what I want to know. Yeah. So she doesn't find out much other than like, He's, you know, controlling the minds of others and, and what have you. Yeah. Um, but that, like, the that she needs to go talk to the serpent in the right. world tree. Okay. And so she does. She goes off to, to talk to Nidog. Okay. Uh, Nidhog, who is the serpent trapped at the bottom of the world tree. Once the world tree rots enough and dies, he will be released causing... Ragnarok or something. Yeah, like and, like, the consumption of the gods and, and so on and so forth. Okay. Right? And um, Nidog has a key which will allow her to go see the Valkyries. Okay. And she's like, if I talk to the Valkyries, maybe they can get Siegfried back and what have you, or, or help me out in my quest here. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's like, I hunger. Mm. And, and, and the key is in my stomach. So feed me. You know, and she's like, what do you, what do you want? He's like, I want an egg of the eagles. And the eagles are the, the eagles who live at the top of the tree. Mm-hmm. So they climb up the tree. They get to the eagles. The eagles are there and they're like, key <laughs> um which translates to like dude we get it we know you're here to help the world tree here's one of our eggs oh it's like it's like man-sized okay she's like it's okay. delicious enjoy yeah it's, it's like the greatest it's like it's like the best cadbury egg you've never had i don't like cadbury eggs um mm. but i couldn't think of anything else that was egg related yeah um they use a like world tree-esque slide and craft a plan on how she's going to get this key because it's in his stomach but they know that he's going to not uphold his end of the bargain right he'll just take the egg consume it and that'll be back so they crack the egg open and she goes inside of it oh trojan horses yeah because like that way his fangs can't hurt her yes and so ratatasker brings the egg to nidhogg and he's like where is she and he's like oh the eagles killed her and he's like that sounds correct and he eats (laughs) the egg he's like i'm not giving you the key then because our bargain's moot (laughs) ha 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 uh-huh and that's how we leave it, where she's, like, been consumed by him. And right. I'm like, cool, I'm down, whatever. Oh, she also runs into Odin. Oh, cool. Odin, when she's climbing up the tree, Odin's hanging upside down. Oh. He's a frail, thin man. 
and he has a spear in his side. Oh. And she asks about like you know, he mentions that like she he's the father of Thor and, and other such things and they have a very interesting conversation and then he removes the spear from his stomach and then cuts himself from the world tree and just plummets. Mm. I'm like, cool. So it's very cool imagery. I, I I very much think, you know, when people tie other mythologies just in general into pop culture, like in video games, comics, movies, whatever, it's always a good time for me. Yeah. You know, it's always a good time. Um, so I'm very much enjoying this. And I uh, can't wait to read more of this. And I think I'm going to be sad when she leaves the realm of Norse mythology. Right. Unless she moves on to another mythology. But oh, I think that'd be she's, fun. I think she's clearly going to go to Olympus. Yeah. And so we'll see how that goes. But right now I'm just digging this so much. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so let's talk about Joker number two. This is a fun series uh, that, of course, is brought to you by uh, James Town the Fourth with art by Guillaume March. Yeah. Uh, this, of course, is not really a Joker book. It is a Jim Gordon book. Thank God, because yes. now I'm reading the book as opposed to not, which, you know, was exactly what was going to happen if I was going to have to read a book about the fucking Joker. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's just a great series about uh, Jim dealing with uh, with this new with this new task before him. The elite have hired him to hunt down and murder the Joker. Yep. So what does Gordon do? He calls Batman. Yeah. Like, first I, thing. He's yeah. like, let's talk. Uh, but it doesn't tell him everything. He doesn't he tell doesn't, him everything, but like Batman knows. Yeah, for they, sure. They basically have a back and forth, and they have like a really genuine back and forth that I really enjoyed. A back and forth. A back and forth, where Jim's just like, here's the plan. I need to be brought in on the Bat family. I need access to some of your resources. I need the Bat computer. I need all kinds of crap. Yeah, Batman's like... I'm I shocked as hell, by the way, when yes. Batman says, you need access to the Bat computer, that Gordon doesn't go, you really call the Bat computer? Just, yeah, I need access to your files, man. Yeah. Don't be a weirdo. We've known you for like 150 years. Right. But uh, they have this great back and forth where basically he's like, I don't know who this chick is who hired me. I can't find anything about it. I need you to look into it. I love that Gordon had to draw it. Yeah. I'm guessing. Mm -hmm. Unless he did, unless he like has a sketch artist friend in the department who'll still work with him. Yeah. But like you can see like the little like, he's like, put the symmetry line. Yep. Like spacing here and there. I'm like, this is adorable. Yeah. Batman's like, you got it, man. Look, let's do this. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, they call Oracle. He wants access to Oracle. Well, Batman uh, calls Oracle because he's going to hand over access. Yes. And, you know, Batman's one thing that he says, he's like, listen, Jim. When you find the Joker. Mm -hmm. You call me and we'll bring him in together. I can't leave right now because the shit has hit the fan here in Gotham. Yeah. After the whole, like, you know. Joker war. Yeah. And also what happened at Arkham, supposedly by the, the yeah, Joker. Yeah, A-Day, yeah. Um, that he's like, and I will come down there and we'll do this together and we'll bring him back. Yep. And Jim's like, oh. Jim goes, makes sense. Yeah, makes sense. And Oracle's like, he did not say yes. And so Gordon's like, shit, I need to take Batman off the scent so that he reveals Yo, that he knows. Well, he's essentially, he's like, I got two options. I tell him the truth. I can tell him the truth or yeah. I can throw him off. So he throws him off and he, he outs Oracle. He's like, I know it's you, Barbara. And that blows both their minds. And then Barbara just, Oracle goes, meet me at the clock tower, dad. <laughs> So then, uh, yeah, that, that panel of him being like, well, wish me luck. Yeah, Batman's like, nip. nip. You're so, in trouble. <laughs> yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Joker is being an, a terrible house guest. He's been murdering the elite around the, like, secret hideaway place that apparently was created by the underworld. It's, like, where all of Batman's rogues go to ground when they're not sent to Arkham. What I liked about this is, like, so 
first, there's a couple things I like about this. I, for some reason, love the coloring on this pink flamingo inflatable yeah. toy I, or, like, raft. I don't know why, but, like, I was fascinated by the coloring that they did on this. It's pretty good. I was like, this looks great. I know exactly how shiny and yes, squeaky this thing is. That's true. Two, this is interesting because this is Tynan writing this. And as we know, he was a protege of Snyder. Of Snyder and we get, like, a mini history lesson. Yes. But it was the right amount where yep. it's like, this hotel was started when the Nazis escaped and they needed someplace to go. Yep. And I was like, interesting. Yeah. Okay. No, it was, it was a smart, mm-hmm. great retcon. Worked out perfectly. Yeah. So Joker's like, I'm not going anywhere because I'm being hunted and here's some people that are coming. So like, you better set your guys on. Like, because I'm the Joker. Well, because he, the Joker gets in trouble because like, you're not supposed to kill anybody off the, the grounds. Yeah. And he does, but he does it because he knows that like people are coming from him. So trying to throw him off the scent. Yep. Yeah. He has his reasons. Yeah, exactly. We dedicate exactly as many pages as we need to set up what the Joker's doing and what he's planning. Mm -hmm. So Gordon meets with Barbara and he and the the two of them retcon Batgirl number 50 in which Gordon very obviously does not know who Oracle is and basically says to Barbara in no uncertain terms that he blames Batgirl for the death of his son. Right. And she's like, you said that shit to me and it really hurt. And he's like, yeah, well, a different writer was saying that. And now we're retconning that I definitely always knew that you were Oracle. And so, like, we're just going to explain that I was really sad at the time. Yeah, I mean. It's a, it is just. It is a retcon. clearly, no. But I prefer this. Yeah, me too. I, regardless of how much that doesn't make any sense. It just doesn't. But, like, they're but just like, like, we're addressing it. I, at the very least, we're addressing it. Yes, Move but on. you have to because it's like. On the one hand, that was said. On the other hand, it's his daughter. Yeah. And there's no way Jim Gordon, commissioner of Gotham, doesn't know his own redheaded daughter. Yeah. No, it's true. Running around in a Batgirl mm-hmm. costume. I do like, though, that he brings her the hot chocolate. He does. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, I'm not going to say no. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, they have a great back and forth. Uh, they, You know, she's like, they talk about the Joker and their mutual history. And it's true. Like, and I think we talked about this in the previous issue. The fact that, like the Joker has more of a connection to the Gordons than Batman at this point. It feels like it for sure. Cause he's touched the lives of all of them mm-hmm. in one way or another. Yep. Uh, also uh, the, in Santa Prisa, they've created a new female Bane, new character. Great. James Tynion, the fourth added again. Uh, you know, what's funny. That one. I don't mind. I'm like, because, female Bane. Yeah. I'm like, I'm down, but I'm also like, girl Bane, but there it's done. This is a, well, obviously, Bane's not going to be dead for long or whatever. But the fact is, it's like in in his creation of this character, it was to fill the role of a character presumably dead, as opposed to yeah, but a character he killed. He did kill him, but with like punchline and you know, yeah. Ghostmaker and Clown Hunter, the designer. They're just characters to put in, yeah, as opposed to having like a, a like a, a female version or, or a, a new natural version of reason a new for it to occur. Like Bane dies, they feel like someone needs to take you know revengeance of bane Bane, Mm -hmm. and so we'll make a new bane yeah so i'm like at least there's something there and if it had just been her he created yeah maybe wouldn't be maybe it wouldn't be so obvious yeah uh but yeah i don't don't, i'm i'm pretty disappointed by the death of bane uh i'm not really the biggest booster of bane but i'm also like i i find it kind of like derivative to just like kill a new character to to take a a previous established character and Mm -hmm. then make a female version of him lady bullseye like lady everybody saying lady lady version of character that you're fighting I right just, but i mean they don't call her no they don't we lady don't know what bane. the hell she's called. i'm gonna guess she's just gonna be bane i hope so at the very least that'd be fine but uh yeah i don't know in any case 
they do reveal at the very least who the connection is that uh the, of the lady who hired yeah uh you know gordon i should have seen it coming i'm glad i didn't but i bet you didn't because i bet you were reading the same way i was which was in guided view yes and, and i was like so oh that's a cool idea and yep. i don't want to ruin it so I'll no just leave it don't alone. but like i didn't see it. i was like oh yeah i'm oh. like oh now's a good time for that good i call. also love the amount of crap that jim gordon is going to have to deal with yeah on his journey yeah <laughs> also, it, they tease Clown Hunter for the next one. Fuck you. Uh, but otherwise, this series is great. Like, the first two issues have been a lot of fun, and I'm 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 so on board for a Jim Gordon series, especially if you've got to lie to everybody and tell them it's a Joker book. Yeah, whatever. Fine by me. Yep. Because Joker's not a protagonist. So yeah, I like it. like it a lot. Me too. Uh, it's a great series. Recommend it. Uh, the art is slipshod slash fine. Like, it's great or not. It's one of the two. Okay. I didn't really notice anything that really bugged me it was when like the it was when the art when march was not excited to draw it okay like scenes where gordon was just by himself for talking he's like yeah there we go i'm done okay like gordon is a is an outline of a human and then a mustache and i'm like okay well, that, that is what i think of when i think of jim gordon yeah he's all mustache sure he's like 85 percent mustache what else you got that's i mean like with i'm 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 done with the stuff that i read that mm-hmm. you didn't unless we want to talk about batman and Dead Man, but I don't know. No, we'll talk about that. that later. But for now, <laughs> let's talk about Spider Man Spider Shadow Whee! from Chip Zdarsky and Pascal Ferry. This is the the launching of the What If series again. Mm-hmm. Apparently, the rumor was not rumor, uh, Scuttlebutt is that like uh, Marvel was like, we want to bring back What If. Well, that would make sense. They've got a show coming out. Exactly. And <laughs> Zdarsky was like, how about since What If is a, like a, an utterly disposable book? that was like a way station for artists who were either on the way out or on the way in. We, those are my words, not his, uh, that, uh, we do, we give the series or the story idea some room to breathe. Yeah. That was honestly always the issue with those is that it's just too fast. If you want to set up like, what if Atlantis attacks ended differently, you got to establish what the hell Atlantis attacks is. And if you give it one page, it's not enough. If you give it five pages, you're already halfway through the dumb of the book. Yep. So there's no point in doing it. Or at the very least, like what can you do? You got to do the most bombastic thing. It might not be story, story satisfying. Mm -hmm. Uh, Instead, get some time especially with a character that you know and yeah this is more akin to an elseworlds it is oh and let me tell you something that is exactly what zidarski was thinking (laughs) and you could tell from the logo yeah and he and the placement and the simplicity of the design it is absolutely what if is leaning into the elseworlds concept and listen let me tell you something if dc ain't gonna bring back elseworlds why not just steal it yeah because you already have what if why not and it's gonna be a show why not and it's a fun logo. You know what? I like the logo. Okay. I honestly don't even like... I don't like the dots. At the, at the bottom underneath the F? Yeah. Yeah, neither do I. I don't either. I, I think if you're going to drop the dot, because we've talked about the... We, let's talk about the logo for a minute. Because Zdarsky came up with the logo, and I'm a big... I, I, I was like, oh, it's like a... Gra- it's very graphic. Not mm-hmm. like... And not graphic like sexual content. I just mean like, you know, it's got a graphic element to it. Tiffany's the designer in this uh, in, in this relationship. I wear the design pants in this. That's family. right, and I think it's kind of cool. I think I like the simplicity. I like the uh, like yeah. the the use of the question mark. Uh, but you mentioned like the dot kind of makes it a question mark. So I guess my issue with it in in that sense because it's like obviously it's asking the question that the 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 where it's placed 
akin to the end of the sentence what if makes mm-hmm. it obviously more that but yeah. like you know what else has that same look what's that a magnifying glass yes but like maybe they want it to look and like maybe a that's magnifying it's like glass. it's a i don't know because it's like, a mis- like what if like, you we're investigating it you 100 percent. you don't necessarily need the dot but no. I, I did question it. i was like oh that's interesting but there are three dots underneath it because it's always been what if is a book that says what if dot 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 question mark yeah. that's the title of the book mm-hmm you could probably drop the dots now. I appreciate that, like, <laughs> I appreciate the attention to detail and the remembering of the period. You don't need them. If you're going to go that simple with it, yeah. I think you can drop them. Sure. Either way, I digress. Uh, I'm excited about the idea and I love the execution. And it's, there. there's something haughty about the execution of this book from the art and the graphic design behind it. Just the Just the letters page alone. It just it just has this air of like prestige. Well, that's because they went with a serif font. Yeah, and it's so rare nowadays. Nobody uses serif fonts. Well, you no people use them. Not in comics. No. Well, sometimes. Yeah, but usually to little effect. Yeah. Well, I mean, the sans serif has a, a an air of modernity to this it. This is true. Uh, but yeah, so uh, this is for my money the first time I've seen fairies art. Uh, how'd you feel about it? I ha- okay. So the art's fine. This is this is hard for me because I know I've seen Matt Hollingworth's colors before. Yes. The colors were kind of rough in this sometimes. Sometimes mm-hmm. they were really well executed and other times it was a little sloppy. Mm. Honestly, like a little just sloppy occasionally. Okay. Um to the point where like it was a little distracting. Yeah. There's a moment between Spider-Man and Black Cat where like the flat colors on her costume, they're just pouring out of the the line art in mm-hmm. random places and I was like, "Oh. Okay." Yeah. I don't know if it was. I don't. I feel like that wasn't a choice. Yeah. Um. But other than that, like I, you know, the 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 art's fun. I, it's so hard for me to, to to divorce myself from the colors. Yeah. With this art, because it's it, it's, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know enough about the artist himself or themselves. I should mm-hmm, say. Mm-hmm. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. I I hear what you're saying, and it is definitely a significant, strong, mm-hmm. uh, you know, issue with the with with the with respect to the book mm-hmm. uh, because otherwise i think the overall execution is pretty excellent in terms of story in terms of character in terms of the art itself like if you try i if if i'm just looking at it straight on it, rem- it reminds me very much of a number of other artists but they're very much their own style and i think they're really doing a nice job mm-hmm. i think they are executing a really fine story and i'm enjoying the visual style it is in no way you know if you're going to compare apples and oranges or apples and apples there are two books right now that are set in a 80s period where Spider-Man has a symbiote suit and uh, one of them looks like fucking garbage and the other one looks pretty cool. And you could tell that this is not the one that's garbage. The other one is the one that's garbage. The Tracer yeah. <laughs> is the one that's garbage. And it's like, God damn. Um, this is a choice. Like one is, one is a consequence of tracing and the other one is a choice. Okay, yeah. And I respect the choice a hundred times over, you know, a hundred out of a hundred times. You know what I mean? Um, in any in any case, this is a uh, so this is a, a simple uh, concept of what if Spider-Man kept the symbiote suit, and we're not even necessarily in that moment yet. You know, usually the, the Watcher shows up and he's like, "What if he had to do this?" And then like he does. Yeah, we we don't have that. But in this, it's <laughs> we're watching the choices that Peter is making that leads him down the road of the what if concept. This is what I'm talking about. I, I completely hear what you're saying. It, it it's yeah. It's I I I have I am no 
like I have no problem with loose colors. Right. I literally just read a very painterly book yes, this weekend you did. and loved it. Well, even... I think it's like a skull superimposed over it. it I, I don't know. It's just it was just it, it's jarring sometimes how drastically the 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 shading. Yeah changes throughout this book um yeah. there's also some really great moments though where he's in the suit yes and they apply like what's is like a noise filter of some sort to give it like an old printed feel to it mm-hmm. and i'm like that's dope yeah so it's i, I don't know i'm all over the board with this the art in this book. i hear you yeah yeah um story-wise so, fun story-wise fun uh spider-man basically is like we have and zadarsky talks about it in the interview but like you can feel these moments where spider-man you Zdarsky has the unenviable task of telling you a story that is set in the past in the context of the future. Because, like, in the past that we are looking at, it's just an alien costume. There's no other extra, extra shit. Right. And you know that it's an offspring of Null. You know that it, like, does mm-hmm. enhance your strength and it does do all these other things. That it didn't. It just straight up didn't back in the day. Yeah. And so he has to, like, and it also has to fit. You know, because it didn't do those things during the time that we're executing. So why? Mm-hmm. And how come it doesn't do that? And that's pretty cool. And so we get that. And uh, so, and, and I think that that is, that is a line that is danced very expertly. Spider-Man fights Hobgoblin. He's sick of Hobgoblin. He just unmasks him. Yeah. The Hobgoblin mystery is solved. It's over. Yeah. And we see that the suit is hungry, hungry for more. But because he outs, uh, you know, Kingsley... Kingsley's like, you broke the rules, you screwed up the game. I'm not insane. I'm just an asshole. Yeah. So I'm gonna follow you and I'm gonna figure it out. And it's very fun how it like parallels Green Goblin, who also followed him home and found out who he was. Mm-hmm. Um Spider-Man does inevitably uh visit Reed Richards, despite the fact the suit tries to stop him in the first place. Yes. Makes him think he's run out of web fluid. Uh he goes to visit Reed. Uh Reed comes to the same conclusion that he does before, only this time Spider-Man is feeling like he needs it. And so he keeps it and he's also haunted by dreams. And like, the, I guess they're playing with the idea that because the suit is using him while he's asleep, he's having horrible dreams. And mm-hmm. so as a result, his sleep isn't well. And as well as mine is a little addled and the suit is keeping him at like a reduced capacity. Also, Zdarsky remembers that Aunt May is on the outs with Peter because he won't go back to graduate school. Yep. So he just goes to visit her because he's feeling vulnerable yeah, and he, he wants to, to go talk home. to someone. Yeah. yeah. He needs to feel like he goes home. Like, he needs to feel home. So mm-hmm. he goes to visit Aunt May. Hobgoblin is like, screw you. He blows up the wall. By the way, there's no wheat cakes on that table. No what, wheat what cakes. Is? It's nighttime. No, he, he did wake wheat her up. Wheat cakes are for any time. That's true. She always has them ready. <laughs> yeah, otherwise she gets rusty. But, uh, you know, Hobby... She's even making them and throw them in the trash. <laughs> right? But, uh, yeah, so Hobby fights him. He blows up the house. And it's kind of like a parallel. It's a little bit of a parallel between the burglar... And Uncle Ben and Hobgoblin and Aunt May. Um, and, you know, so either way, it triggers Peter. And Peter's like, this is the way to go from now on. I'm Venom now. <laughs> this face is crazy Very looking. different suit. I love the idea of a new, you know, kind of like suit. It's a pre-Venom world. Yeah. So you know, he's Spider-Man. Yep. You know, he's not Venom. He's not a new character. So we're going to go with this. Yeah. Close a mouth, but it looks more like a spider. Yeah, it's a, it's a spider mouth. It's a spider mouth. Looks pretty cool. I like when the suit talks to him for the first time and he's like, hello <laughs> yeah yeah and the suit is like no i'm alive and i'm talking to you uh so yeah spider-man takes his first life and it's kingsley and he kills the hobgoblin and strings him up and like leaves him for the authorities i guess or mm-hmm. or the coroner really <laughs> and uh so we'll see what happens mm-hmm. but what if spider-man kept the suit i guess he'd probably go crazy and become a bloodthirsty monster uh but we're gonna see where that goes we saw that uh you know even early before he decides to take a life 
um, he lashes out and he hurts Mary Jane. She like falls and hits her head. Doesn't that happen though? It happens in the Clone Saga. Yeah, he he punches her across a room. Yeah. Uh, but people don't like to talk about that. Right, but that did happen. That did happen. <laughs> that is canon. By the way, I feel like the Human Torch will to solve this problem. I feel like we're gonna see that. <laughs> and uh, so I'm excited to see where that goes. Yeah. So this is a series. No, I I I enjoyed this. You were like, read this, and I was like, all right, cool, I'll check it out. Mm-hmm. Um. And I think having done that back issues, like you having done that with me on the couch, oh, yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. You remember these things. Yeah. I do remember some of these things. It's yeah, true. I was excited that a certain character didn't show up. Yeah. We'll <laughs> see. I'll, I should have asked him. No. Uh, but, don't, don't even put it in his head. Right? But yeah. So uh, I, I highly recommend this series, uh, Spider-Man, the, the Spider's Shadow or Spider's Shadow. Uh, it's a great book and it's a lot of fun. And I, despite the coloring issues, I think the art stands up. The, uh, the, the, cover art is also incredible yeah it's cool i think it's phil noto does the yeah, it says noto at the bottom yeah so that's pretty cool and uh you know and here's the thing if it sells well you'll get more types of things uh, i know that there is another what if book that's coming that is oh. not by zadarsky but they oh. asked him to do it again oh really so he's so but he was like he waited because he didn't want to be like so i'm the Zdarsky's what, if guy, the what now. if guy now yeah you, you and you will get pigeonholed in this industry if you do too many yeah. things at once sorry I so keep bumping the table it's okay uh, there so yeah, uh, moving on. Uh, Ian, I, uh, I am awake. If I, uh, I'm awake, if he says, "Hey, Silentivity, would you consider putting back issues available as a podcast, perhaps as a new Patreon tier for people who can't access YouTube?" I thought about doing that. I was gonna do that uh, as a Patreon only podcast, but I found that that was not a good idea, and it was also like, I'm only one person who's doing the editing, the filming, everything. I just there's just too much. Yeah. And and I just can't do it all. So uh, what we're doing instead is we're not doing that. Uh, back issues. <laughs> is not a podcast nor will it ever be a podcast because it is our most popular show it makes me the most money and if i make it an audio show people will stop watching the show that's the end of the and that's why i I can't afford to make back issues an audio show i get paid for uh off the rack and elsewhere's exchange exactly zero dollars in fact actually negative hundreds of dollars it costs me hundreds of dollars to host those audio shows to make available on spotify apple podcasts and whatnot Elseworlds Exchange and Off the Rack, by the way, are audio podcasts that you can listen to on your phone device or Android or, you know, Apple device or Alexa. Right. Yeah, you can listen to it anywhere. Just say, Alexa, play Off the Rack or Elseworlds Exchange and it'll play it. We have one here. It's an an echo, though. Uh, So, yeah. uh, (laughs) She'll hear us. But, but yeah. uh, No, the the short answer, uh, now that it's the long answer, is no. We'll never make it an audio show. Uh, I will lose money. Mm -hmm. And I'm not in the business to do that. So, uh, Batman the Detective number one of six came out from uh, Andy Kubert and Tom Taylor. <laughs> this is a much hyped series. I was really excited for this. I When I saw that cover, I'm like, yes, mm-hmm. new suit, in continuity, Batman's like going across the world. Last time I saw that, it was drawn by, uh, well, drawn by a number of people, including Jim Lee and, uh, you know, a bunch of fun of Italian artists, but that was Batman Europa. Right. But now I'm excited because it's a Kubert, and I love Kuberts. Right. So yeah, uh, the idea here is that uh, Batman is like sad, and he's questioning his uh, his resolve. He's, he's questioning his effectiveness as to whether he is actually useful in Gotham. Uh, meanwhile, uh, a plane from Gotham, I guess, to London. Yeah, to uh, England is uh, is hijacked and crashed by a bunch of like bat people, people who are wearing Batman masks, but they're white and. Uh, yeah, uh, a bunch of people are killed, and so Batman's like, I'm going to investigate that. I'm going to do that. I'm going to leave. 
I'm going to go do that. Yep. So uh, Batman goes to England and he investigates. And uh, what does he do? He bumps into Knight and Squire, who are from uh, Batman Inc. Or at the very least, he bumps into Squire. Knight comes up later. but Yeah, uh, well, she was on the plane. Yeah, she was on the plane. And she somehow survived <laughs> by landing on somebody. I was like, what? That took me right out. But yeah, Squire's fun. Fun costume, fun idea. Um, and it's hard for me as an American to imagine all the English accents that must be happening in this book. Uh, but yeah, so Batman... Uh, well, at least a, a non-Dick like Dick Van Dyke-esque version of them. Oh yeah, Chim Chimney, Chim Chimney, Chim Chim True. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so Batman, uh, he investigates the, the crime scene, so to speak, with the, the site where the airplane uh, crashes. Mm-hmm. And he is uh, faced with Gentleman Ghost. Yeah. Gentleman Ghost is now a scary monster. And so Batman punches him because... I've said this on a back issues before. Batman does not punch ghosts. Well, now he does because he's got gauntlets that he got from John Constantine because Tom Taylor is a big Constantine fan. I don't know if you know this. Yeah. So Batman has a fist fight with Gentleman Ghost and, uh, and, and you know, and then he goes and visits Knight in, uh, in the hospital where they are attacked by these white bat people, these bat terrorists. And some sort of bat monster. And some kind of bat monster. And, uh, yeah. So Batman fights them out the window, uh, and then he returns, and he says, like, it's on. That's the book. Uh, So there's a couple of things that they bring up in this series that are, like, or in this issue that are interesting, uh, despite the fact this is in continuity. Yeah. uh, Detective Comics has been working very hard to make you think that Bruce Wayne is, like, young. He feels young. He's acting young. I thought this was the future. It's not. It's now. It could be the future, I guess. I thought it was the future because I assumed but, that but, Tom Taylor wanted to do a like his own sort of Dark Knight Returns-esque book. He wants it to be. Because it is drawn by the guy who drew Dark Knight 3 The Master Race. And Batman is old. He says, like, I'm old. And I'm, yeah. like, I'm creaky and i you know i yeah i just assumed that this was like at a another point in time yeah it's, i don't think it is <laughs> i think it would benefit from that but i don't think it is and i uh yeah so the the mystery is afoot yeah who are these white bat people who are who killed the why would they do that will mm-hmm. batman learn that he uh is effective Probably. Yeah. Um. This was okay for me. Mm-hmm. This was just okay. I mean, I didn't get a chance to read Urban Legends this week, but me either. Between this and the Joker two, yeah, I liked that better. Mm-hmm. Um, I had three very different Batman experiences this weekend yeah. reading books. Yes, you and did. Like this, there's there's nothing like objectively bad about it. No, it just didn't really hook me. Right. Which is so funny because it's like, I truly love Dark Knight Returns. Yes. Like, I, I love that book. It's one of the first Batman books I ever read. And and I just absolutely adore it. And so you'd think that something that was making homage to it, that was paying homage to it, would be something that I would like just dive right into. And like this first issue just didn't grab me. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I enjoy it certainly more than I enjoy Tynan's Batman. Okay. Uh, I like the idea of a mini series that is in continuity that could be set at any point mm-hmm. except for the fact that Alfred is still effing dead. And it's like, what are you all doing, DC? Like, why are you leaning into this so hard? Like, you had 
at least two different because, opportunities to bring him back and you and you didn't because then then they can have like think about this like they're gonna they'll push this for as long as they want and then they're gonna do some sort of like event thing for batman where it'll be like his return yeah but like it's alfred you know it's not like a superhero returning where it's triumphant and it's like well, and be it's tri- magic based but it would it's, be triumphant for them yeah and then Alfred can go back to being marginalized. And if Tom Taylor gets a hold of like being able to be the one who does that, he'll just use Constantine. Well, yeah. I mean, no question. Constantine will be the one that somehow gets Alfred to be able to come back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll be his birthday. Batman's birthday. And Alfred and, and, and Constantine goes into the afterlife and he brings back Alfred. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> uh, I, I enjoyed this issue just fine. Mm-hmm. I had a good time reading it. Uh, I think that the Qbert art is fun. It, it is exactly as good as Dark Knight 3 Master Race. Take it or leave it as far as you, whether you see that as mm-hmm. a, uh, you know, com, uh, compliment or not. There are a couple of moments that are slop, that are, that are a little sloppy mm-hmm. for a Qbert. And there are other moments that are triumphant and awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, otherwise, I think this is fine. I don't know, like... I don't know when this was supposed to be, you know, like maybe this was delayed by the pandemic. I don't know, but like, feels like a weird time for this book to come out. Because Batman's doing a lot of things in the other books and without knowing kind of where they go, it's like, you know, he's dealing with whatever's happening in the main book and he's dealing with living in a brownstone in in detective. Mm -hmm. And now he's over in England. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm fine with him being in England and doing other things because you can say like it happens over like a weekend or something. Sure, yeah. Uh, but like, I also like the idea. Of, first of all, the cover was very striking. I loved it. I like the trench coat suit. Yeah. Even though it's very evocative of like the Snyder cut nightmare version of the suit. Because yeah, he's got goggles, he's got the trench coat and everything. But like, it, because it's drawn by a Qbert, I'm like, yeah, it's cool. For some reason, the, like whenever I see the trench coat suit, even though I don't think I say anything to do, I always think of Batman cough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, because he needs a coat. Yeah. Like, that's just, I'm, I'm always there for some reason. Yeah. Man, <laughs> Batman cuff, man. Whew. What a great design. I love that suit. It's such a, yeah. Yeah, we almost bought the Sideshow statue we the other day. We almost did. But, Couldn't uh, quite stomach the price. No, no. <laughs> I should look it up, see if that actually is a good deal. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I recommend it. I think it's fine. I, and especially I recommend it if it's like, if you're interested in a palate cleanser or something totally different from any other Batman book. I honestly, other than it being clearly tied to the Alfred thing, right? Which is like, it's funny with that because it's like, he mentions Alfred being gone so much. He mentioned, but then he's going to England, which is for me. Yeah, I'm like, like, that's Alfred. I'm like, that's, there's, there's something interesting about that. And then he deals with a ghost. Like, yes. We're hinting at these elements I don't think are going to actually come up in this book. Wouldn't it be interesting if this was the issue or this was the series that brings back Alfred? Seven, and that's why we're leaning in it doing so much. Um, but I'd be kind of I'd be very okay with that. <laughs> but I, I, with not necessarily having my footing in terms of like when it takes place, it it's it's just it's just I mean like if you're looking for this, go grab this. Right. Like you're like not interested in what Tynan's doing. You're not interested in what's happening in Detective. This is what might be like what you need right now from a Batman book. This is true. Um, I just wasn't the biggest fan of his Hellblazer run. Yeah. And so, like, I feel like I got a little burn there. And yeah. so, like, I'm like, oh, I, I'm I'm not, like, super excited and wow. Yeah, this is not, it. like, the biggest news for you. I because can, I'm like, I, okay. I hear you. All right, we'll see how it goes. I'm not going to not read the next one. Yeah. No, that's true. But 
Mostly, I'm just kind of like, it's, it's cool. Okay, it's it, it, it is a good deal. I saw that. Yeah, so we're going to have to buy it. Okay. <laughs> there was still a lot, though. It was a lot. I don't know. I mean, it was 10%, but maybe that's... It was 10% new. then. Yeah. It's not 10% now. Well, I'll just ask. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so... um. That's that. Let's recommend some books. Let's do it. Uh, I recommend Night. Speaking of Tom Taylor, Nightwing seventy nine comes out. Uh, it's from Tom Taylor and Bruno Redondo. It's a it's a fun series. I read the first issue. I'm very concerned we're gonna John Wick Nightwing. So we'll see. Oh no! No, the dog. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why we introduced a dog, three legged dog, named Low Brother. Uh, yeah, I, I definitely recommend this book, but I am worried that we're Wait, gonna. What's the dog's name? No, I'm just calling it Little Brother. It's a strong oh. bad reference that I was making. Oh, okay, cool, thank you. But uh, yeah, uh, I'm very worried we're gonna we're gonna John Wick Nightwing. Not and by the way, that'll be cool, but also like very sad. Maybe the other way around. Maybe Nightwing will die, <laughs> and the dog will have to get vengeance. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. I don't uh, want that either. No, I'm also <laughs> recommending uh, Justice League number sixty because it's the second issue of the Bendis run, and I kind of dug the first one. Uh, I think Bendis is very strong in team books. I'm excited to see how it turns out. And if you like Justice League Dark, you better like it, because it's the only way you're going to get the book. Yeah, so. Yeah. That's fine. I'm reading Ram v. Swamp thing. It's it's fine. Yeah. I'll just read that. But yeah, so. Uh, but if you're buying this, I guess I'll. Exactly. Read the backup. Uh, Alien 2 is coming out. Uh, it's still by Philip Kennedy Johnson, with art still by Salvador Luaca. I read the first issue. Uh, I don't know how it's sold. I'm excited to find out because I'd like to see if Alien can be a franchise in comics from Marvel. We know that Dark Horse could sell it, but can Marvel sell Alien? Mm. First issue was interesting. They also broke a cardinal rule, uh, like in the first friggin' issue, which is they went to Earth, uh, which I've heard diehard Alien fans being excited about, which I'm like, what's happening in the world? But uh, okay, we'll see what happens. I'm, I'm willing to give it a shot. <laughs> Another shot. We'll see. Because I didn't not like the first issue. I was right. just like, what? Uh, of course, Superman Red, White, and Blue is still a series. I thought it was only one book, but apparently it's not. I'm going to guess it's like the Batman one. Yeah, I think you're right. Well, they'll just keep it going and like, have a rotation. Works for me. This is cool, and it's a great color convention, and uh, you're getting some terrific Superman stories out of it. So why not? What do you... Uh... What do you got? Uh, what do I got? You almost took one of mine. I saw you do that, but I pulled that up. Yeah. Um, it's a heavy Marvel week for ne me next week. Yes, um, it is. Black Knight, Curse of the Ebony Blade number two is coming out by mm -hmm. uh, Simon Spurrier and art by uh, Sergio Fernandez Davila. Mm -hmm. or Davila. Here's a character I never thought I'd care about, but apparently you put Simon Spurrier on it. I'm willing to give it a shot, what especially a because it's a mini. Yes. Well, they know. And it's actually very responsible of them to say it's a mini. I think it is, right? It's like six issues or something? It has to be, because, like, a Black Knight book won't survive it's past funny. four. It's funny, I don't see anything about that. Oh, hey, Elsa Bloodstone looks like she's going to be in this, according to this page. Which would make sense. Agreed. Um, I hope it's a mini. It's, here's the thing. It will be. Well, sure. It's just a question of whether they because, want it to yeah. be. Uh, also, Eternal Number 4 is coming out, written by Kieran Gillen, with art by Asad Ribic. Here's a book that, like, uh, only people who care about the Eternals are going to be reading. And that's okay. It's okay. There's enough of us out there, I hope, to let this mystery at least be solved. That's all I want. That's literally all I yeah. want. Just let us solve the mystery and then cancel the book. I get it. I mean, you want to have a book coming out, I'm sure. You know what? It's okay. They want just, something. It's got to be on the shelf. Just point them to the trades. Just be like, yeah. just, here's the well, new game. This trade. is the trade they're going to be pointing at. Uh, well, then you should point, well, you should point to the new game in one as well, because clearly that's what they're... They're like, listen, we all know you read one. Yeah. <laughs> you only read one Eternals book, and it's yep. this one. Yep. And the rest of you who didn't, or who read the rest of them, 
Ooh, oh, sorry. sorry. <laughs> um, in terms of X books, next week we're getting Sword Number Five. Feels weird to see without the King in Black logo. I know what's even happening. All I know is it's Fabian Cortez. <laughs> it's just like I can't stand that character, and naturally he's on the team. I'm the most excited to read about. Yep, Ewing knows. What me and my dislikes? Yeah, well, because that's why he's insisting on. Let's it. just get let's just get like Red Ghost, Fabian Cortez, and Mojo together and make the ultimate team <laughs> for me. Yeah. Al Ewing is writing this one with our by Valerio Skitty. Skitty. I don't know how to say these names. I'm so sorry. I lo- I uh, I heard Dan Slott say Skitty. Okay. Skitty. So, bam, that's coming out. X Force number nineteen. It's also coming out. Yeah. There it is. It's um more uh, of that whole Quentin Quire. What's going on with him? What's going on with Quentin Quire? I right? don't know. I don't... We're going to find out. Written by Benjamin Percy with art by Gary Brown. Ooh. And I honestly didn't realize this was coming out. No, me either. Which I'm like, now I'm not sure. It's got to be. Are you sure? It's on the list. It's right here. It's on the list. I don't know if I buy it that it's coming out, but I guess it is. Released April 21st. There you go. Way of the X number one is coming out. Written by Simon Spurrier with art by Bob Quinn. I've never heard of that person. I haven't either. I don't care. I'm really excited um, to see Simon Spurrier playing around in the world of X-Men yeah. um, and dealing with Nightcrawler. And Nightcrawler, as we know, if you read... Um, Hawks and Pox. Yeah, has like some questions about religion in general knowing like kurt's background in terms of his own religion and then moving to krakoa and what does that mean for him he's been having a little bit of an existential crisis so it'll be nice to check in with him again and 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 see where he goes next um do you see his team here no dr nemesis pixie and blink i'm excited for blink for sure wow is he going in the future to get her (laughs) i don't know i guess we'll find out i'm very excited about that um yeah, I'm just jazzed to see Cy writing a, an X title. Um, and coming to Marvel. And we'll coming. see what else he's got. Yeah. He's doing, well, he's he's doing, doing Black, Black Knight, Knight and yeah, this. And this. So one British character and then... Sounds like he's Zadarsking it up where he's like, I'm going to do what I want. Yeah. Not what I might like have the most money or like exposure from. Mm-hmm. That's good. Fine. Stay stay in X-Men. Keep, mm-hmm. it, keep it afloat. So that I'm really, I'm, I'm jazzed. Yeah. I'm jazzed. Totally. <laughs> uh, we had a super chat before we go. Uh, Hats Beetle says, unrelated to comics, but always wanted to ask any secrets behind the friendship of the comic pop crew. Could use some advice. Uh, uh, Wait, what was the question? I'm sorry. Are there any up? secrets behind the friendships the comic pop fr- crew has? Uh, no, we don't, we don't keep very many secrets from each other. Um, you know, unless it's like just private matters that don't involve them or each other i think it's just it's it's like a relate like friendships are like a relationship with anybody especially when you think about your family because if you depending on your family size your family unit whatever you have that you consider family you spend a lot of time with those individuals and you learn how to be around them you know it's not always super easy to to do that right so it's like you learn to give and take obviously and that's the same thing with friends like you learn to appreciate them for who they are but also not allow yourself to be super changed by them in a negative way hopefully in a positive way i think all of our friends have had a positive effect on us and hopefully we've had the same on them but it's a lot of like balance yeah you know and respect but like also knowing that person's like own boundaries like it's like i can be a little brutally honest at times but like i have to know that person's boundaries and what i what i think that they can take and so like i 
don't always need to do that. Like, it's true. It's, I don't always have to tell somebody. Like, that. Why would you even do that? Right. right. <laughs> and and it's also important. I remember as a kid, like the, the one of the, one very important item was like knowing when it was okay to not be around them, and like knowing that that's okay. Yeah. No. I, for sure. It's like you don't have to have to have to like be like, oh my gosh, if I don't see this person like this week or this day like that's gonna be it like what no it's okay it's yeah. okay for you to need some time for yourself and it's okay for them to need some time for themselves true it's not gonna it's not going to affect your friendship um hopefully shouldn't not in a anyway. it shouldn't if, if it does then there's something deeper going on there that's right there's something else that you need to address yeah also don't let things go too long like if there's something wrong don't let it linger for too long. No. Because then it either becomes awkward. Right. Or it becomes something grander because mm -hmm. it's festering. Yeah. Don't let it fester. Uh, Red Teddy 23 from Oxford, England for the best Alan Moore impression. It's okay. Save it for special occasions. <laughs> Good to know. Thank you. Uh, and yeah, I do. I, I don't do it very often. No, that is that we break that out occasionally. Yeah. It's like, well, now I found that like whenever I do it, someone else wants to do it more and they do it over me. You mean Ben? Yep. I see you, Ben. Not just Ben. It's mostly Ben. I found that it happens a lot. Like, anytime I'm on a podcast or shooting back issues. <laughs> Pretty much everybody would like to do an Alan Moore I don't want to do an Alan Moore impression. You should. It's funny. It's not funny. I don't do impressions. But I yeah. do me. But I find when people want to do it louder than me... <laughs> I'm like, okay, you want to do it more than me, so I'm just gonna get out of your way. Like, I, but like yours is yours is like it's like that fine bottle of whatever alcohol you it's like. It's not very good. I just like doing it. I do it for like my impressions come from a place of like frustration or like or or reverence. You know, like my Todd McFarlane impression comes from a place of like having watched him for so long and being like, yeah, that comes out of a that comes from a place of not, it's from your heart. It comes from spontaneity. Like, <laughs> down, like you know, I only do it when I'm really like giving it to him or something. Like, I don't no. just do it because it's like on command. No, it's just he has a very distinctive, hilarious voice. He does have a very like yes. I mean, it's not just the voice; it's the lifestyle. Yeah, it's the Alan Moore lifestyle. That's true. Yeah, and you know, like it can't be replicated. No, no, there's only one. No, treasure him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyway, uh, we want to thank you so much for hanging out with us. We'll see you guys next time with another episode of the Off, of off the Rack. Listen, uh, if you want to catch Off the Rack, it comes out every week. It's over on uh, Spotify and everywhere else where podcasts can be found. Uh, so you can download and listen to Off the Rack on the go or in your house using your uh, Odessa or Allegra app. Uh, also, of course, Elseworlds Exchange is available this on its own show. And uh, yeah. So we want to thank you so much for hanging out with us and supporting us. Listen, if you want more, there's plenty more comic pop to, to choose from. You can always follow us on uh, Discord, Instagram, TikTok. Yes, we have a TikTok. Uh, Kit Kat Sneak Attack. Tiffany, $5 for an Alan Moore impression. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Not how it works. <laughs> I'll do it. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for your money. That's more money than I got for Watchmen. <laughs> anyway, that's it for us. We'll see you guys next time with another episode. Uh, thank you all and take care of each other. So long. Bye, guys. Stay safe. Bye.